everybody. Welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. Liz and I are happy to be here with you as always. And we're going to get right into our practice notes. Yeah. So my practice for this week are Root to Rise, which if you practice in the studio, you may have heard on some videos or you may have heard in other classes that you've taken. But it's just kind of this idea that you start from the bottom and like get yourself situated from the bottom and then move your way up, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. And, you know, you're grounding down. And I think when I was thinking like, what are my practice notes for this week? And I just kept thinking root to rise. I think that it can apply to so many things just to start from the bottom or start with the most simple or the most basic, whatever the situation is, and then just kind of move your way up and adjusting things and making modifications to things, whether we're talking about yoga or not yoga. It's just easier when you start there. Yeah, that's a good one. It really does apply to so much of life. Yeah, it really does. Mine comes courtesy of my therapist. (laughs) So I shared this in our most recent newsletter, but it's still in my mind. So I wanted to bring it in here. So in therapy recently, she was like, uh, I was talking about some different life and work stuff. And she's like, what if you just did this for your pleasure Mm. and for for joy? And I was like, Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is an option. Right. Totally. So I've just been thinking about that so much. Like you were saying, it really does apply in so many different parts of life. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we don't grow up with that kind of lens. Our society yeah. doesn't encourage, you know, there's so many different things. Yep. So just asking myself that throughout the day and different things has really shifted my perspective in some ways, um, just making me remember it's an option much more often than I think it would be. Yeah. And seeing what the answer is, because a lot of times it's so simple. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So speaking of where things come from, (laughs) we are going to move now into our main segment. So today we're talking about where our body stories come from and what kind of inspired this conversation is something that Brene Brown talks about. So I'm sure we've talked about Brene Brown like a thousand times already on this podcast. If we haven't, we should have. Right. But she's a shame and vulnerability researcher. And one of the tools that she offers is this phrase that you can use in conversations, really in lots of different situations, but the story I'm making up is. Yeah. So she gives an example where she and her husband were having a disagreement and she was assuming all of these things that he was thinking. Um, It was particularly around a time that they had gone for a swim and he was being kind of distant. Mm -hmm. So she was like, he doesn't think I look good in my swimsuit anymore. He thinks I can't swim as fast as I used to. He thinks I'm not a good parent, like all of this stuff. And so she confronts him and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, oh my gosh, I was trying not to have a panic attack. That's what was going on. Yep. So she said in that moment, she's like, oh my gosh, I was making up all these stories about what he was 
toxic feeling about me. Yep. And none of it was true. None of it was true. Side note, by the way, I'm really into attachment styles right now. So I'm probably mm-hmm. going to bring it up on every podcast. But if you are an anxious attachment style, <laughs> this is a really good thing to always have in your head. Where is this story coming from? The story mm-hmm. that I'm making. Up. Continue. That's good. <laughs> I don't know what mine is, but anxious attachment sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So she offers this as a tool in, you know, your own mind and then also in conversations with people to say, the story I'm making up right now is and then fill in the blank. And then you just get to reality check it with that person. Yeah. That's so it. then they can say like, yeah, that is what I was thinking. Or no way. I was thinking something totally different or something. Yes. Insane. Yeah. So I think that's really useful. Um, Nick and I have used it some, I use it some just kind of with myself, basically when I remember it. And so we're going to be talking more about this idea of the story I'm making up is in our newsletter that's coming out this week. So get on that email list if you're not already. Uh, But we wanted to lay the groundwork for that conversation with talking about where some of our body stories come from. And Liz and I were talking (laughs) about this the other day to get ready. And uh, we were joking about, you know, where did our body stories come from? And I think I said, does it start with an M and end with an um? (laughs) said yes <laughs> it's true and yes. also we will talk about more <laughs> yeah. okay so do you want to kick it off with some of yours <laughs> sure let's just start with that one yeah I mean perfect. I think that for so many people our body stories have come from our mother yeah and some of that, and I don't want to leave out the fact that it also could have come from your father or your siblings. Um, you know, that's all true. But I think, and not just things that maybe our mothers have said to us and their own actions and their own feelings towards their body. And so I think one thing for me that was probably more impactful prior to like actual words that were spoken was the fact that I watched my mother weigh herself every single morning. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah. Every morning. And from as young as I can remember and what that, like the number on the scale then dictated the rest of her day. Right. So her mood, probably what she wore, how she felt about herself, definitely what she ate. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for me is like the first memory of this really matters. (laughs) Like this is the, one of the first things that you do every morning. Oh, not until after you pee, because you definitely don't want that to count on the number. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only laughing because that is so real. It's so true. (laughs) But I think for me, like that is probably one of the young, I mean, that's gotta be one of like my first, the first things that I remember about weight and, and how important, how weighty it was. Yeah. I'm thinking about that now. I'm just like, oh my gosh, of course their weight was fluctuating every day because yes. that's how a body is. That's what it does. Right. Yeah. That's what it does. 
it just is such a stressful situation to set yourself up in. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just a lot. And then I think too, like, you know, the older you get, then, you know, there's things that are said about your body and, you know, even little things like I remember hearing year, like as an adult, hearing a recording of my mom and I on a cassette tape. If mm. you're young and you're listening to this, you might not know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but I was probably three in this recording and I asked my mom in the recording for something to eat and she responded to me by going down the list of what I'd eaten that day. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't have the thing that I asked for because I was going to get fat. Oh, God. And that's at three. Right. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, and so we don't really have those memories. I wouldn't have remembered that moment if I did it. Well, I don't have those memories. Right. But um, I wouldn't have remembered that moment had I not heard that cassette tape. But yeah, I mean, that is for me, like that's where a lot of those things started. Now, the good thing with me, I feel like, is that I was just rebellious and like this is where I rebelled. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this I this is not going to dictate my life. Mm. But that doesn't mean that those things didn't stick um right. and don't come up. And I don't have to kind of like continue to be rebellious as an almost 40 year old against those things. Yeah. I mean, like I was just sharing so much of what you just said, I feel like happened in my life too. And with, in my family context, and I was thinking as I was preparing for this conversation about how, when I was a kid, I thought all of this weight stuff was all about me. Like there was something Mm -hmm. fundamentally broken and wrong with me, like my mom, her sister, her mother, are all really thin. Yeah. And so I just felt like, gosh, what's wrong with me? Yes. And then over time, especially as an adult and going on a body acceptance journey, I'm like, oh, it was never about me. It never started with me. Yeah. It was so much further back. You know, I only have the experience of my mom and aunt and my grandmother, not any further out generations, but yeah. undoubtedly it was with them too. You know, there's so many different ways that these messages have come through in lots of different families because it's in the culture for a yeah. lot of people. Totally. It's interesting. I'd be curious too, because my, my mother was also very thin uh, my whole life, very like just super petite, super short, super small. And it really her weight to be, I mean, wasn't really something that she struggled with, to be honest. <laughs> like it was just, you know, it was just, that was kind of woven into the fabric of who she was, mm-hmm. 110 pounds soaking wet. And so I'm, I would be curious to talk to women who had experiences with mothers who did have bigger bodies mm-hmm. because it does, it feels like not an attack on you, but like, <laughs> like if, if, if I'm watching you struggle with this thing that it doesn't even appear to me that you struggle with, and I use the word struggle, there's probably a different word, but right, I know what you mean. Yeah. It does really start to feel like in watching those, are you, you're saying that there's something wrong with me. Right. And, and like you just said, it really was never about you, but of course you would take that on and feel like it was. (laughs) 
Right. And it was about me in a lot of ways because, you know, I was directly being told like you were to lose weight, yeah. not eat this food was taken off the table. So yeah. it's definitely not like it was all in my head. Right. More like, I think I thought I, I was the origination when I was Yeah. Food. yeah. Like, it's more now like, um, or the cause. And now I'm like, oh, it's more like the effect of yes. everything that was out there in my world. Yeah. My that makes sense. And I definitely remember times, even with my grandmother, like she had a lot of condescension toward fat people. Yeah. Um, a lot of just, you know, stereotypes that are out there today about laziness or not having willpower or whatever. And I remember thinking when she would say that stuff, like, does she notice? Like, this is me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Is this an indirect message? I don't really know. That stuff is so confusing when you're a kid. It is super confusing. And what's interesting is I think that applies. And I've experienced this as an adult. I know we've talked in the past that I've changed my friend group at some point. But <laughs> mm-hmm. like, even having friends around you who, because I was always the biggest like girl in my friend group growing up, but yeah. they would always talk about like, their bodies and how fat they were and all of that stuff. And you're like, but I literally have at least 50 pounds on you, dude. (laughs) I know. And you're just like so nonchalantly talking about it in front of me. It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm just now remembering going to the mall with my friends when I was a teenager and they could fit in those like teeny tiny stores. And of course I had no way of ever shopping. What was that store when we were kids? I don't know if it's still around. It's like uh five Express seven nine. Or like the limited? Wait, what was it? Five seven nine. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those junior sizes. Five seven nine. Right. It's just like that's a joke. <laughs> that's hilarious. I could never fit in those clothes either. Do you have another one you want to share? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that can be, you know, that can kind of stick with you is just people making comments about body or perceived weight loss or, you know what I mean? I remember I went through a phase in middle school where I wore like really baggy jeans and Chicago Bulls jerseys and stuff like that. So I just always had on baggier clothes. And then as I started to feel more comfortable in my body, I started wearing closer fitting clothes. And I remember people would always comment and be like, you've lost weight. You look great. And I mean, you're talking about, I was 13 or 14. So well, I haven't lost weight. I just am wearing clothes that are more fitted, but also my body's changing because I'm a teenager. (laughs) So it's not, but it was always, you've lost weight. You look so great. Just constantly, all the time. And then I would have my mother behind me, behind those people affirming that same thing. Yes. Doesn't she look so good? You know what I mean? So I think that is another thing too, is just, you know, just the comments of sometimes even strangers or just people that you don't know very well and how that stuff just sticks with you and how you're affirmed even in what is like perceived weight loss, even even when there wasn't weight loss. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking, we should have a moratorium on all body talk period, but especially for for kids where it's just like, crazy. of course their bodies are changing all the time. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure I've shared this before here on the podcast, but 
it was truly shocking to me the first time I went to a therapist who was sort of around food stuff. And I was telling her about my history growing up. And she's like, you know, you were just growing, right? Right. And I had no idea. Uh, as an adult, like, you no. still have no idea. As an adult, someone, that's the, yes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she's like, yeah, of course you were gaining weight when you were a kid. You were growing. And I was yes. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yes. Like intellectually, I'm sure I could have pieced that together, but that just wasn't like my experience was that it was always wrong. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's so hard. I think another thing that I'm thinking of just like as we're talking about all this is how our parents' interactions also with our siblings can really stick with us. So, and I know my brother wouldn't mind me sharing this and we, he and I have recently talked about it, but he lost a lot of weight um, just going through puberty. So he did what a lot of boys do. They'll gain weight and then they'll shoot up in height. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of like balances out in the end. And so he, I, he, and I have discussed how he was getting so affirmed that he then intentionally started losing weight because he was getting attention from our mother that he wasn't getting before. But then I also remember watching that and again, being just rebellious enough that I was like, I don't actually care what you think about me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I do remember watching and seeing like how it seemed to make her like him more and how much more attention she was paying to him. And so I think sometimes our parents' relationships with our siblings can really affect our body stories too. Right. Yeah. Cause you're seeing those messages and you're like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the only one other one I wanted to share was in terms of where our body stories come from, that part of mine came from my pediatrician. Yes. So I heard this as I was getting older, but only when I was later, like an adult, did I realize that it had basically started very early Yeah. My pediatrician was like, I was too high on the, whatever those dumb growth charts are (laughs) that the pediatrician was really pushing that line of losing weight and controlling my body and making Mm -hmm. sure it didn't get too big or whatever. When in retrospect, when I look back, I'm just like, that was just my body. It was was never going to be this completely different body, no matter what I did. Yeah. And I think tied into that too is, you know, I, now I think it's a little bit different, but we definitely grew up in a, in a time when we did like weigh-ins at school. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like in gym class. Mm-hmm. How messed up is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. I no, mean, I hated gym. <laughs> oh my God. I hated gym. We did weigh-ins. I remember we did fat measurement oh my where gosh. you, like you measured your fat percent. All of that stuff is so like saying these things out loud. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Like you can only imagine the way I would storm over to the school if someone ever did a fat measurement on Hazel. <laughs> and he's like, no, I can only imagine I would love, I would want to be there. <laughs> but I know now like one, I, neither of them ever needed to have their weight measured or their fat measured. But now it's like you can sign a paper saying that you don't want your kid to get a physical at school, but then also they don't do them. If you do want them to get it, they do it in private. They don't do it. I'm not saying that people aren't saying harmful things, but we were doing these things in public in front of our peers. Like, (laughs) It's so messed up when you think about it now. It's 
so messed up. No wonder we're all where we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Do you have any others you want to share? No, I mean, I think the only other thing would be just things that we talk about all the time is, you know, we grew up in magazine age and, you know, kids now obviously have the internet, which is probably far more harmful, (laughs) but, you know, like I read Seventeen magazine, you know, like all of those things were, that's what we did. And so, you know, I know that for a lot of people, their body stories that even now as adults that they're, that they, you know, deal with a lot of that comes from just exposure to that stuff as well. Yeah, right. It's like media, friends, family. Yeah. Doctors. <laughs> yeah, doctors. Yeah. I mean, so many different places. Your gym teacher. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you some places that you hear or know of how your body stories kind of came into the world. I would imagine we have lots of similarities like details are different but those similarities about all the different places you're getting them I would bet are relatively similar yes I would guess that too okay so we are going to move from here into our curvy collab and let me tell everyone a funny story so I was looking to see what I was going to share today this was yesterday And I thought, okay, let me look on Instagram. I think I have some things saved that I might want to share. Oh, hang on. Let me go look at my Goodreads. What books have I read lately? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go through my podcast. At some point in this process, I completely lost track of what I was even doing. (laughs) Down a rabbit hole. So I was like, why was I even here? And I was like, oh yeah. So then I kind of started again. That happened again. And I was like, this is taking, it was like 30 minutes at least by this point. Oh and I was just like, you know what the best resource is? You time. You. <laughs> <laughs> just take us some time for yourself. If you find yourself down an internet rabbit hole, come back with love. <laughs> that is amazing. We don't have a link for this one, but we'll just let you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully I'll find one for next time. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is amazing. I love it. I was literally like, this is too much. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now, but it's fine. You're postpartum. We talked about this. <laughs> I'm blaming on that. I'm here for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, my gratitude for this week is this conversation. I think it's so important to just be able to talk about this stuff to normalize it in the sense that not that what was done to us was normal, but just to know, like, I wasn't the only one, you weren't the only one to be able to talk about it, like openly and freely, uh, without fear of like what the consequences would be for talking about things like this in public. I think it's just important to hear other people and to be able to go like, oh my gosh, like I totally, that resonates with me. And I think it can be helpful in like moving past it just to know that you're not the only one. So yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for these kinds of conversations. Yeah, me too. I am thankful for a full night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so Hazel's just been up a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, but Two nights ago, she slept through the night, and I just woke up like a brand new person. No, that's amazing. Sleep. You are good. (laughs) 
Okay, so we're going to wrap up here. Let's take one breath together to close. We'll inhale. And exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.